Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here. Thanks for joining me. I am delighted to be joined today by Helen Armstrong. Helen is the CEO of Silver Cloud HR. Helen, hello, and thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And whereabouts are you in this world? I'm in Essex, in, a, in lovely England, lovely. stuck in my study. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful part of the world. So everyone, Helen is, as I said, CEO of Silver Cloud HR, and they work with organizations of all sizes to transform their HR and payroll processes. So as a whole-of-market HR technology consultancy, they deal with a wide range of HR, payroll, and associated systems, which includes a long list such as Core HR, Sage People, Select HR, iTrend, SAP, SuccessFactor, ADP, PeopleSoft, Workday, and many more. Helen, there's a lot to cover here. So why don't we start from the beginning and can we just give us a quick summary of your background and the formation of Silver Cloud HR? Yeah, sure. So I guess the most important thing to mention is that my background is HR. I'm an HR person first and foremost Um, and started Silver Cloud in 2009. So we've been going over 10 years now. Um, My background when I started in HR, purely by accident actually, was working in shared services. So my first day as a true HR professional, um, Suffolk County Council, where I worked, decided to set up a shared service centre. So my whole HR background was around looking at processes and using technology to try and run HR operational services, I guess, yeah. in the most cost-effective way with really at least number of heads as possible. Um, so it's kind of drummed into me right from the very beginning to look at how things work and how, how you could do things better and more efficiently. And did that for a number of years and then started to do that with other companies in London um, and then got offered a role as a consultant, which I was very excited about and took that. And then as I started working as a consultant, I was turning down so much work, I thought there must be a bit of a business here. And actually, there was quite a gap in the market for, for those kind of services. They were often, um, companies were often using one of the big four consultancies. Yeah. There wasn't anyone really in our space that was, you know, from an HR background that could provide some proper hands-on advice that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started growing the business and we've grown it gradually over the years. And now there's about 20 of us. Um, and we support companies of all sizes so in, in the mid-market. So smallest would probably be about 20 people, right up until about 10,000. Um, but we go in and we support with the whole aspect of their HR and payroll technology journey, nice. essentially. Yeah. Yep. And okay. I guess one of the things for us is that because my background is HR, I wanted to make sure we, we kept that as our USP. So everyone that works for us has also come from an HR background. So when we're working with clients, they're able to talk the talk and they actually understand the challenges that we're trying to fix. Um, um, and I think that goes a long way. Yeah, that's interesting because I was going to ask you, you mentioned the big four. And if you remember that old phrase or that old saying, no one ever got fired for buying IBM. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, true. So if you've got a big shared services project or implementation of a huge piece of software platform, then you're probably thinking no one ever got fired for buying IBM. I'm going to go and use a big four. How did you get around that? Yeah, and to be honest, we still have that a little bit today. Um, there's still a bit of a nervousness around using boutique agencies, but I think it's de- definitely getting better. Um, I mean, from my experience, I found that I was 
often helping the IBM consultants um, and they'd be coming to me for advice when I was client side, which was really frustrating. Um, but I guess for us, initially it was difficult, but once you start to get your name out there and uh, I mean, I'll be honest, probably 90% of our works comes from word of mouth. So um, as you probably know, the HR industry is really quite small. So it, work comes in through referrals really. So once we've done a good job, with one client we tend to get work elsewhere so it's just building a brand up really and showing that we actually can add value and for a tenth of the price so there's less risk from a cost perspective um, and I think customers do value that we have got HR backgrounds Absolutely. I think that goes a long way definitely and when we're in those sales meetings it's you know it's an easy conversation to have with an HRD to say I've been there I've done it and I know this is what's going to happen for your journey um, rather than just be a management graduate that's come straight out of uni and knows Absolutely. all the strategy. Yeah. yeah, and in the sales process, there's oh, that's a, a wonderful thing when you can say, "Oh, I know there are things that can go wrong. Let's prevent them from happening because we've got the experience." Exactly. Yeah, and you and you know what issues companies are going to be facing before you yeah. even start. So yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Okay, so what does Silver Cloud HR do, and who does it help? Yeah, so we provide advice and guidance on any part of a digitization project to do with HR and payroll essentially so normally it includes some kind of selection process often we start with like a core HR system that's normally where we get asked to begin um, although more and more recently a lot of companies are starting with payroll there seems to be a real shift towards payroll transformation um, so we'll often go in and we'll look and work with companies to see what technology you got what's going to be beneficial for you to get you to where you need to be but also at the same time Obviously, they've never been through this journey before. They don't know what's possible. So we support them to understand what is out there and where they should be aiming. So it's a lot of the roadmap and, and the strategy behind it. Um, and we can do that for bigger companies. We tend to, you know, we can be on site for a few days with bigger companies, but we've also launched an SME package. There's a lot of smaller companies out there that have got the same challenges. Um, so we've just launched, launched a package for those guys, which is fixed cost. You get a few hours of our time and we just guide you through the process. Okay, so There's that's a lot to do with them. Sorry, Sorry. so if an SME is thinking of implementing new HR software, that's specifically for them? Exactly, yeah. So, you know, it's the same complexity whether you're five employees or whether you're 5,000. You have to go through the same process. And the difficulty with technology today is there's so many options out there. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I started Silver Cloud, you had a choice of really the top three, the tier ones. So they were the only systems that you could go to, really. Yeah. Whereas now, if you Google HR software, you'll come up with a list of 100. So for an SME that doesn't have a lot of time, they don't have a lot of HR resource, you haven't got time to go through 20 different demos. So we can support with that. Typically, we'll know if you, we have an hour's conversation with the company, we can short this straight down because um, we know what the top technology does. So it just saves a lot of time um, and it's cost effective. We've got, we've got quite a cost effective package that's um, basically driven by an online engine to support them. Oh, very good. So, an option okay. for all. And it's something that HR consultants can also bolt onto their services. Oh, really? So they're probably coming up to find that some of their clients have got technology issues. And unless you work in this space, it's quite daunting. So we work with a lot of HR consultants to partner with them. Um, and we have a referral agreement in place where if they pass work to us, you know, there's a kickback for them as well. So it's just keeping, keeping all avenues open, essentially, and supporting as many clients as we can. Very. What's the structure of that program? Is it just a straight referral or do they need to be involved in the implementation how does that work no just a straight referral so if they refer a client to us and it ends up being with a um, project and a contract being signed then we pass a kickback back to them okay 
Very good. Get the details in the show notes. Okay, so you've got a very cool digital HR maturity model. Can you tell us a little bit about that and about the HR digitization journey itself? Yeah, sure. So we put this together just because when we're starting to work with clients, like I said, sometimes they don't know where they quite need to be. I mean, it's easy to talk it round, but actually, actually, when you've got a visual in front of you, it's a lot easier. So, yep. so this is essentially the journey that any HR team should be aiming for. And we find that most companies we go into are in the immature and conceptual phases. So this is at the bottom of the triangle, and you can download this from our website. Um, but essentially, at these phases, you've you've got data that's patchy, processes are normally manual, everything's on spreadsheets, and there's a consensus that things aren't particularly going well. Yeah. And the model will take them all the way through to the top of the tree, which is where things start to becoming a lot more streamlined. So right at the top of the maturity model is this predictive phase. And this is really where, you know, we can get to as HR and where we really need to be striving for. So this is where things aren't just automated, processes aren't just being driven by technology and, you know, they don't need people, but they're actually starting to be predictive. Mm-hmm. So they can look at events that are about to happen rather than things that have happened. Um, and we have all this stuff available to us in lots of other parts of business, but HR are a little bit behind this. So we need to really get on board and understand that this is possible. And there's a lot of data companies out there that will actually look at data that you've got within HR because what HR have is so powerful. And I don't think they actually appreciate it sometimes. Like if you said to a marketing team i've got everyone's name address where they went to school how old they are how many children they've got when they go on holiday how many sick days like that data that hr holds is just crazy start but we drooling. don't do anything yeah. with it yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 nuts really so if you combine that also with external business data like how well the company's performing or you know sales targets and things like that you can get some really sophisticated data and HR can then actually use that to advise the company before things are actually happening and looking at trends and what's going to happen and also at that point you want HR to be on the board with their data sets so typically HR normally have the headcount reports starters and levers and you know the basic reporting um, information that we're able to get but you know we want to be going to the board with something a lot more sophisticated in these days so so this model is really to try and explain the whole journey of where they need to be getting to and obviously for an SME you're not going to be wanting all that data necessarily but you know you could have it it's out there so Yeah. yeah it's understanding that okay that makes good sense turning now to the vendor selection process can you tell us what's actually involved in a typical vendor selection process and is there anything that HR tech vendors should be aware of yeah sure so starting point is we need to spend time with the customer and we can do that remotely or on site um so we get to understand how they work how they want to work what a sort of business they are what's important to them so we spend a few days going through that process before we get into the nitty-gritty of what actually are your requirements and years ago you used to get down to the like nth degree of it needs to hold people's names and addresses but you can all oh, software does that now so we don't need to yeah. cover off the essentials it's more the eight the 20 percent that might be slightly different for that company that we need to really drill down with vendors so we document all that and most companies will want us to support procurement process with an rfp yeah. so we'll support them with that but our job with this is really to manage expectations and advise the companies on how to evaluate against those rfps so normally they'll want a tick list of functionality and then you just tick the box 
But actually HR software is so much more sophisticated than that now. It's not just about functionality. It's about look and feel. It's about the aftercare service you're going to get. There's a whole load of different things about buying software these days. So we manage the journey through that. And then we support the client with demos. So that's quite important. So because of our knowledge of the market and we are completely whole of market, we'll advise who they need to see. Um, we'll long list. Once we've gone through the RFP process, we'll shortlist for the demos. And then we'll support them with the agenda for that. And again, customers often want to have quite a tick list of scenarios to go through, which totally makes sense. We want to cover that off because they want to see that it can meet their needs. But also we then try and work with them to say, that's great, let's cover that off. But you also need to allow the vendors time to show their USP because they might have something that no one's ever thought of before. Yeah, so yeah. don't discount them the time to, to actually show that. So we, we work with both parties. Um, but also we want to make sure we're working with the vendors to make sure that they're fully prepared. So in the past, we've sometimes worked with clients and they say, we won't put this on the agenda, but we'll ask it halfway through and see what the vendor does. We don't like that approach. We say, let's not try and trip anyone up. Like, everyone just wants to do the best job here. Um, so we work with the vendors to say, okay, this is the kind of challenges they're going through. This is what will be really valuable. They'll probably be concerned about X, Y, and Z. So if you could cover that off, that would be great. And it's very transparent and open between all the parties because essentially you just want to give them the best opportunity to show their product. Absolutely. Um, and then we support them right through to the contract signing. And one of the biggest things we're able to do is benchmark costs against other clients. And that's quite a nervousness sometimes, particularly with implementation costs. They can be completely vary, particularly if it's one of the top three. I mean, you'll often have to go out and find a um, service provider to, to actually implement for you. And, you know, we've had projects and quotes come in that differ by two million. So, wow. you know, we can support with those kind of conversations and say, actually, let's look at this. So we can save the cost of ourselves by doing that sometimes. Sorry, does, um, does Silver Cloud do implementation as well? We do, yes. Um, yeah, so as well as selection, we also do implementations. Mm-hmm. So that could be working with the client and being part of the client team to support them with their implementation. Um, often that's a project manager, someone that's been there and done it 10 times over and has made all the mistakes in the past. <laughs> so they're there to guide the project and understand what's um, going to happen through that. Um, but sometimes it's to provide subject matter experts in maybe payroll or integrations, data migration, those kind of areas. So we kind of fill the gaps. Um, and we also work with vendors in a, in a partnership to deliver on their behalf. So we've got a couple of delivery partnerships with some HR and payroll vendors where they'll outsource their implementations for us. So it's a completely separate team. They don't do the selection, but they, we have quite a number of projects. I think we've got 40 on the go at the minute where we're actually implementing on behalf of a partner. And it just makes sense because we've got the expertise internally and we know what things, well, how projects go with clients. So we can use that knowledge to, I guess, make the implementations go quite right. smoothly, we'd like to think. Yeah. yeah. So if an HR vendor makes a sale, they then pass that to you for the implementation? Yeah, and it, it seems to be becoming more of a popular model as well because a lot of tech vendors just want to sell software. They you know, projects are great when they go well, but when they don't, it can become, you know, quite time-consuming to fix them. So it makes a lot of sense to outsource that to a company that just does that day in and day out. And we love doing that. That's our bread and butter. Um, So they can just concentrate on the sales and the aftercare service and not the implementations. I mean, it's not, we've made it sound easy. It's not that easy. There's a lot of working together to make sure that that model works. Um, But we're definitely seeing it become more popular. 
I think it and makes then the other sense. thing we do is is um, outsourced payroll bureau services. So we often get asked for, um, particularly for SMEs, for payroll outsourced companies. And when we were looking at the market, there's a lot out there. It's quite hard to choose, but a lot of them are using quite old technology. So we've got a payroll bureau service that uses some really new technology. It's all cloud-based, you know, any COVID situations, everyone can work from home to use it. Um, and it offers real-time pay slips. So we're one of the first payroll bureaus in the UK to offer um, real-time pay slips, which is where you can log in at any point in the month and see what you've earned up to that date. Nice. And see what the tax implication is of it. And then hopefully in a few months, we'll be able to launch pay on demand as well if companies wanted it. Pay on so, demand, that's where you get what pro rata payments. Yeah, so if you want your pay a little bit early, you can choose when you get paid rather than when yeah, you pay Yeah, that's going to be the next stage, isn't it, in payroll for yeah, sure? It's already definitely, happening. Definitely. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, if we do that too. Great, well, it's quite a range there. Do you have any advice for HR tech vendors to grow their businesses? Yeah, I mean, we're recording this obviously during the coronavirus situation so it's it's a bit of an interesting time for all of us we're still trying to figure that <laughs> out but but I guess generally from what I see my biggest advice would be to always be honest and transparent with your processes HR are all about people they go into that job because they like working with people and they want to do the best for people so if they if they're buying software they'll look at the people they're buying it from and it sounds a bit corny but it's so true we see it all the time even if a software isn't meeting 100% of their needs, um, but they really like the people, often they go because they get a good gut feel from it. And you can spot the companies, you know, when we're comparing three or four vendors in the selection process, you can see the ones that are being completely open. And if the system can't do something, they really value the salesperson saying, no, we don't do that, but we've got a different solution for it. And just being open rather than trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really key for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and also to remember that the HR people buying the software are often very scared about it. So we'll have been in conversations with HR directors and have been honest and said, look, I've, I've been told if this doesn't go well, I'm going to lose my job. So you have to make this go well for me. <laughs> so the salespeople need to understand when they go into that room, sometimes the people are actually quite scared about this project. And HR typically don't often get a lot of budget to do anything with. So it might be like the biggest mon money they've ever been given for anything and they're quite nervous about it. Um, Sounds so like you may need to, yeah, you might need to partner with an EAP employee assistance program provider as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh so yeah, yeah, definitely be open and honest and just get the HR people on side. Um, like I said, when we go into a sales meeting, we can talk the talk. And I think if any salesperson can actually spend some time in an HR team to see what they do, it would be very, very beneficial. I don't know how many do that. But I think if you actually spent a day alongside an HR administrator, for example, you'd be quite surprised about the way they work. Um, and I think that would always be beneficial. Try and understand the language and the challenges yeah. um, and just make them feel special. So, you know, even in the last week, we've had initial conversations between a customer and potential vendors it stands out if you just send the most junior person onto a sales call and they don't really know the system yeah. yet because they're too new. We've had a situation there last week where we've had that and the, you know, the person that can't answer most of the questions to another vendor where they've had the sales director and the CFO and everyone involved 
on a call like that's what you're dealing with so just make yeah. them feel special and make sure that the right people are on those initial calls just to make that impression so people buy you know buy on trust yeah. so if you can make that that impression at the at the first point then your steps ahead really yeah that's good advice um, yeah yep. and also good. the other thing we're seeing is a lot more um inquiries about workforce management so i think that's going to be a big development area Particularly with the coronavirus situation, you know, people are thinking about getting people back to work in shifts. So you need a way to manage that. You need to understand who's working where and when they're coming back. So that's a real growth area. So if any vendors are out there that don't have a workforce management platform, it'd probably be good to look at who they can partner with to do that. Um, we're very much in support of um, partnerships. Um, you know, you're never going to get a system that can do everything. But just having the answer to that is probably quite useful. Definitely. Yeah, it's a huge area. Uh, very good. Have you seen or heard of the concept road mapping sessions, which are paid information fact finding sessions, which helps plan out um, either software implementation or purchase, whatever, for HR vendors? Um, we have seen vendors offering it to a certain extent, but I think HR sometimes very nervous to partner with a particular vendor to do that because they don't want to be seen to be biased against one vendor over another if they think there's going to be a procurement process. Um, We've done quite a number of those projects ourselves as an independent um, body to come in and look at what you need. Because actually, a lot of our starting points, people will say, I've got this system, it's awful, we need something new, it's just not working (laughs) for us. But actually, the system they've got is probably what we will end up choosing for them anyway. And the issue isn't the software, it is the way it was implemented or they don't have resource internally to maintain it. Um, Access of customization. Yeah. Yeah, So it's always useful to do that piece of work with a customer to say, actually, let's just check this is the right route for you before we go down any any path. Um, And HR needs to change. The first thing we do with any HR customer of a decent size is say you need resource internally to digitize. Um, the skills of a generalist HR person are very different to the skills of a person that will be running your HR technology. They're completely different. Do you need to have that resource in your team? And for HR teams that don't have that, I would encourage that they start to think about it. Um, Really what we're doing is going through what marketing went through years ago, which is having a digital HR team. So, you know, when digital marketing came in years ago, people were learning, you know, online marketing and all that kind of stuff. You know, now it's just a given that is where HR will go, but we need to have the people and the resources to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. What does the future hold for HR tech? I think it's quite exciting. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more robotic processing and automation. So this is yeah. where like processes can run in the background. Yep. Um, I think we've been a bit slow on the uptake of that in HR, but I can see it coming and I can see in other companies' roadmaps that it's there. Um, I think... There's going to be a lot more appreciation of why it's needed, HR tech, particularly after the coronavirus issue. I mean, yeah. all those HR teams that have been battling with data and trying to work out actually who they employ to know who they need to furlough or whatever else. I don't think we'll have to fight with the business case as much as we used to. And, you know, before the CFO would be saying, why do we need this again? Well, now we know why. <laughs> um, I think definitely... Um, with having digital HR teams with many companies now, it will change the way that tech vendors are selling. So I think hopefully in a few years, there will be HR systems managers, you know, digital HR directors, whatever the title is going to be. And I'm hoping that the tech vendors will be selling to those guys, not to a generalist HR person. So 
I think the sales process will be completely different. Like we see when we're working with an IT project manager compared to an HR business partner leading the project, they're very, very different. Um, so I think the sales process could change quite significantly. How are they different? Just in a, the much more specific in their list of requirements, you mean? Or? Yes, and I think IT are used to purchasing software. They've been doing it for many, many years. So they ask different questions. They're interested in how data is encrypted and what the integration possibilities are. They're asking about, you know, um, SLAs for service support, all those kind of things. Yeah. Very techie. Was HR wouldn't even consider those. We have to fill those gaps for them because sure. they wouldn't necessarily know that because they're not used to procuring software. So they're just very different. Um, IT are a lot more milestone driven and they understand how statement of works work, whereas HR not so much. They're not so project focused. So, yeah, the language is completely different depending on what team you're working with. So I think that'll be a big change. Yeah, okay. Uh, very good. Okay, well, you've covered so much ground. It's been really interesting. What if people want to learn more about you? partner with you guys become a customer what should they do next just talk to us any which way they want to so we've got a chat function on the website or they can schedule a call back or just email um info at silvercloudhr.co.uk and we'll we'll call them back um but there's some great tools also on the website if people want to have a look but essentially yeah just pick up the phone we're we're not a stuffy consultancy um that is hard to get hold of we're very much normal people i'd like to think so yeah just reach out and if you're an hr consultant you know we've got shared interests so um it's great to get connected with everybody really yeah definitely all right well we'll put the links that you've mentioned there into the show notes if you're listening to this on the go then uh yeah go to the show notes and you'll get those. And also we'll get the link to that digital HR maturity model, which I found very interesting indeed. Yeah. So Helen, thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed our chat today. Thank you. Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.